Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I am Brad. Thank you so much for joining me today. Glad you could tune in. I uh, hope your coffee cup is half full, as they like to say. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Some days my coffee cup is half full, and then other days it's half empty. Uh, I'm just going to be honest about that. Uh, I kind of go through some ups and downs. I've noticed something while working from home, and that's that uh, today often feels like it should be tomorrow. And I know that sounds weird, but just go with me for a little bit. You know, when I get up on Tuesday in the middle of my work week, I I feel like it should be Wednesday. It feels so Wednesday to me. And then the same thing on Thursday, I'm like, it's really not Friday yet. Uh, of course, Monday, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's the day after my 15-second weekend. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I've started getting into meditation more this year. That was uh, one of the things that last year, I don't know what happened to me. I just fell off the, the meditation wagon. I wasn't doing it anymore. And um, one of the, there's a show on Netflix that actually kind of, kickstarted me into it it's a it's a cool little um show by the people that do the headspace app and they're like 20 30 minute episodes and each one features a different sort of technique or um a way of approaching meditation and then towards the end like five ten minutes uh at the end you have this meditation that you do and i was really getting into it i think i got up to like episode four or five And then I all of a sudden got frustrated because it was like um, one about love and kindness. And you were supposed to imagine someone that you didn't like or that you perceived that is uh, an an evil or not evil, but, you know, negative force in your life or someone you're sort of, it's your adversary. And I really couldn't get through it. I said, I I can't do this meditation. (laughs) You know, it's it's got to be something that benefits me, not somebody else. But um, <laughs> the irony is, it would actually benefit me, right? But it's um, I don't know. I I got to start over with that show. Maybe I can just work myself back up to the love and kindness, and then I'll be able to get through it. Because what does it say about me if I can't get through a love and kindness meditation? I mean, really. One of, uh, one of the ways that I have uh, also kind of stayed grounded in the practice so far this year is I get up in the morning, uh, usually around 6, 6.30, and I go out in the living room, sit in my chair, and I put on some infinite calling. It's uh, my, my friend's band. We have been friends since childhood, like 10 or 11 years old, and uh, Daniel I'm lucky enough to have him on the show today. This is so cool. I mean, I would have wanted him on the show if I didn't know him back when we were both coming of age. But the fact that we have this shared history and we're also both creatives in our own different ways, um, we've just stayed sort of very, I don't know, we've been kindred spirits over the years. We haven't really kept in touch because... I moved away, you know, uh, very shortly after we met. We only we were only friends, you know, for a couple of years there in middle school. But I think the friends that you make during that time is 
is one of those that sticks with you. Um, you know, my mother had just remarried. I was the new kid in town. And um, Daniel and I quickly became friends. One of the things that, that sort of sticks out in my mind was that um, during this time in my life, I, I had this, uh, this stepdad that was really trying to toughen me up a little bit because up until that point, I had been mostly raised by women and, and he could sense that. <laughs> he was like, this guy, he, uh, he needs to develop some you know, intestinal fortitude. He needs to be a real kid, be a real boy, right? And so he would give me these insane jobs to do and uh, we lived out in the country and he would say you know take the tractor down to the bottom of this ravine pick up all those cinder blocks load it up on the trailer and just bring it back up and stack them at the top of the hill for no good reason you know other than he was trying to instill a work ethic in me and um who knows i i'm still not sure if that worked or not but the the point of the whole story is that I had a lot of friends back then that as soon as the, uh, you know, I would say I have to do these chores before I can go and hang out and ride bikes and all that stuff, they would split. But Daniel was the only one who ever helped out. And uh, to this day, I, I still remember that. The Infinite Calling has six albums and one EP. And uh, we even talk about this a little bit. There's a secret EP on the YouTube channel. So make sure you stick around for that. I, I think you're going to enjoy this. Um, his music is just transcendent. Um, it, it sort of takes me to a whole other place. And uh, it's ambient guitar. I, I, I would enjoy this music even if I didn't know him because I, it's funny. I got into ambient bands after Dan and I sort of lost touch. And then after we reconnected through, you know, social media and we started talking again, I realized I had, we had all these shared interests in music after all those years. And so it was really a, a great conversation and just so much fun to catch up with him. And I hope you enjoy this. What a what is your hiking spot there that you like to go to? Uh, well, uh, you might remember there was one uh, back in the spring. There's one here in Arkansas in Little Rock. It's called Pinnacle Mountain. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's that was that's been my favorite one that I've been to here in Arkansas. But uh, oh man, you know the Ozarks and the Washtaws both here in Arkansas. There's all kinds of places to go and yeah and to hike and stuff. I like. Uh, going to the lakes here in Arkansas too, like Norfolk and mm. you know, Greater Barry. Of course, there's Spring River, and uh, haven't been to the Buffalo River. It seems like everybody's been there, but me. But, oh, really? Uh, I see a lot of pictures, and it looks great. Yeah, so that's my. Goal. I want to go there next summer. Maybe uh, take up kayaking too while I'm at it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it seems like since you know um, the COVID lockdown kind of hit, everybody is flocking oh, yeah. to the outdoors now. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're yeah. seeing too? Like around that area. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully that's a, a lot. Hopefully it's a trend that sticks, you know? It should. Yeah. It should. Maybe it'll raise a higher consciousness too about, uh, you know, preserving our natural areas and, you know, keeping them clean and uh, just uh, uh, keeping them, you know, in a condition that's, you know, uh, there for future generations to enjoy. So hopefully that consciousness is going to continue and strengthen as all this uh, 
goes on. A lot of good stuff has come out of COVID. It's been insane. But, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy to say, but yeah, I think um, you know, with it's all about you know loss and gain. You know the 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 scales true. there. So, um, but yeah, I think you're right. Like if people spent more time outside, uh, they would probably care more about the environment and just yeah, like you said, preserving yeah. it. So you like to get out and run uh, quite a bit out there in nature yourself, right? I do, and uh, I'm I'm blessed here because even though I'm a, a city mouse now, like it's uh, it's still there's a lot of parks here. You know, I can go yeah. ten minutes down the road, and there's a, a it kind of morphed for me. I was uh, got into hiking, and then it kind of turned into trail running, and so now I'm kind of back to hiking. I'll be honest, I'm like the most crazy person on the planet when it comes to. Uh, avoiding covid i mean i am i'm oh, yeah. i'm kind of batshit crazy like i still wash my groceries down that's how crazy yes. i am are you on <laughs> that's, that's that's perfectly fine i, I don't blame you. i actually uh, i actually got out of quarantine a week ago oh really uh, i was exposed on christmas oh uh, my god and so i had to quarantine for two weeks and so uh you know i have a you know, I was already like at work, uh, you know, I'm a, a professor at ASU and, you know, Arkansas State University. And, um, you know, we're required to wear masks and do social distancing. So all that stuff is already programmed in me anyway. Yeah. Doing all that. Uh, but still, you know, it doesn't matter if you're around someone who has it, you know, it's just sort of out of your hands. Absolutely. And so uh, they recommended a 14 day quarantine and I tested negative, but I was like, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to stay inside yeah. and, you know, and not uh, get out there and spread the disease, so to speak. Well, there but, you go. Uh, but, uh, man, it's strange how unpredictable it is, right? Cause some people get, you know, like you hear some people talk about how it's like flu like symptoms or whatever, but then you see other people on respirators and they're fighting for their lives. It's, yeah. uh, it's, I think that's the thing about COVID that makes it so, uh, pernicious is it's mm. unpredictable. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and that's what drives me insane. You know, that's why I can't go hiking right now. Uh, me and my, <laughs> over the Christmas break, like me and my daughter, I, I have this secret trail and if anybody uh, want, wants to know about it, I will, you can send me a message. I'll, I'll tell you where it's at, but I'm not going to just put it out there on the air. Um, <laughs> serious hikers only, but, um, we managed to get a, a hike. <laughs> What's that? It's kind of like your favorite fishing spot. There right? you go. Yeah. You know, you, you'll share it with some people if they ask, you know, but uh, you don't want to just volunteer yeah. that information. <laughs> but yeah, we were able to get out there and go, but I won't even set foot at my regular trails now because like, it's just too many people, you know, around here. And I'm glad, like you said, that they're getting outside. Like it's, that's awesome. I hope that that's a oh, trend yeah. that keeps going. Um, but man, I want to talk about your record or your album. I can, I'm old school. I, I still <laughs> talk. I still talk about records like they, you know, like people aren't streaming. But it's um, funny because the way I think about the word record, I think about it like nowadays when an artist makes a record, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a record, like the same way like somebody would keep an actual physical record in a folder, right, oh. in a cabinet somewhere. That's the way I tend to okay. think about. So when a, an artist says they're making a record, they're making a record of wherever they're at creatively at that moment. And that's the sense I tend to use the term now. Mm. But yes, it's a nice reference and a nice allusion to the old school vinyl record. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm down. I'm all about it. So Now, if you said, like, a CD, I'd be like, oh, I don't ooh. have any of those. 
Well, yeah, I think or that, tape, we did back in the day, right? We listened to tapes. That's right. Yeah. It was cassettes for us. We were sort of yeah. going out of the vinyl phase, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember us hanging out in your bedroom and like us listening to tapes. We were listening to like Motley Crue. And, oh man. It was all the, yeah. would you call that? That was hair metal, like the specific yeah. term that we got into, but you actually had, I don't know. You were the first one to kind of push the needle for me and like start getting yeah. into like more, um, and I can't think of any bands right off the top of my head, but like, uh, well, I, remember I went from like Def Leppard and Whitesnake to like Iron Maiden and Anthrax and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I want to really say you were the that. first person to play Slayer for me, which kind of melted my face off. You... <laughs> yeah. I can't remember that. Uh, maybe not. It, it... Possible. Uh, I know for sure. Like I remember listening to, um, like Anthrax, you know, they did that, uh, I'm the man. Yes. Uh, oh. rapid. <laughs> so it was a nice little hybrid. Yes. So I remember us listening to Run DMC and stuff like that, by Beastie Boys back in the day too. Yeah. They, <laughs> that was sort of like the first rap rock, you know, oh, yeah. to surface. Absolutely. And now look at it. We've got Limp Biscuit, and, you know. <laughs> yes. The new metal was the natural apotheosis of that shit. Yes. Absolutely. Well, okay, yeah, man. So, uh, well, yeah, you mentioned something that that kind of piqued my interest a minute ago, and you said okay. about it being a record of of where you're at. So, for mm-hmm. Meditations 2020, uh, and this is just me, you know, kind of my interpretation. It it seems like it has like both this dark side and a yeah. and a light at at uh-huh. sort of the at different parts. And I'm wondering, was that an intentional like composition choice or was it just like a subconscious um, reflection going on? Right. Um, off, those recordings that you hear on uh, Meditations 2020, uh, each one of those performances, that's what they are. They're live performances. Oh, wow. Um, and so every new moon and every full moon, uh, I get my mojo going and I'll, you know, I light candles, do uh, incense and everything, um, you know, say a prayer to the universe, and then I just go. And so what happens, happens. Wow. So uh, the light and shade is not something that, you know, I like uh, premeditated, oh, wow. so to speak, uh, before I played. But it's just sort of a natural sort of um, extension of my play style. I tend to like, tend to prefer uh, doing light and shade. Uh, when it comes to uh, the the performances, and I don't just simply just respond or react to the music. I respond to the things that I play, and sometimes there are things that come out that I'm not even that I don't even expect to come out. Huh. Uh, and so um, that's kind of the way that uh, that I approach it. But light and shade, I think instead of just having one color all the time. You know, that's, uh, you know, I don't want like this sort of monochromatic musical vision. You know, uh, I like to have uh, different dynamics and things, especially with ambient music. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's helpful to have that, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting that you don't do like any editing at all. I did not realize that. OK, uh, there is a little bit of editing, oh, okay, to be okay. honest. Yeah. Uh, but some of them are just straight, clean performances. Wow. Um, now, now there's a few of them where maybe I, I may have, or may or may not have made a mistake on at least the way I see it. And I may have sort of made a little magic with it, but not much. It's very light editing. Huh. Uh, 
And so, and there's a, and then I think on maybe like two tracks, there might be, I may have put a touch of reverb on it. Okay. On yeah. But it's very minimal track. what you're doing in but post. Yeah, it's, it's not like I'm just sitting there just, yeah, I'm not chopping okay. uh, massive chunks out of it. And, you know, yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty much, it's pretty much what you hear is what, what I played. Wow. So if anything, it's just minimal subtraction. Hmm. If, if so, yeah, so you, you that's that's amazing. That makes me even more blown away, you know, by this album, honestly, as an outsider yeah. looking in. I mean, I mm-hmm. I noodle around on my acoustic guitar, but it's like, you know, uh basic math and compared to what you're doing, you know. Um so that's this it, math. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so from my perspective, that's amazing that you just kind of hit record and just yeah. basically live in studio. And you come up mm-hmm. with these um, amazing soundscapes, man. So what I want to start doing, uh, I'm actually wanting to upgrade uh, my camera and and uh, and everything, and I would like to actually just start doing um, live performances, uh, live feeds while I'm recording the performances, and oh, then wow. that way, you know, uh, later on when listeners, if they get the album, they can also see a video performance of that particular uh, of that particular performance as well. So. Uh, one thing that I do have in mind that I would like to do in the future, among other things. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I think that's, you know, people are finding new ways to market it because, man, this mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, not being able to get together. Yeah, it's a big movement right now, man. Yeah. It's, it's a big grassroots movement. There's a lot of uh, ambient guitarists out there. I think it's just a matter of time before. I mean, it's really kind of caught fire, I think, in musical circles. But, yeah, as far as the mainstream, certainly I'm, I'm a big, huge advocate yeah. of ambient music and using it as a tool for meditation, for personal uh, transcendence, for personal, um, you, you know, just sort of a, a way of, uh, even for people who just want an escape from uh, the daily grind, you know, we do live in a crazy world. And one of the reasons why I did uh, started releasing a new track every two weeks, because my MO before was to do, like we were talking about earlier, a new album every year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, when COVID hit, I remember just sitting here one day, I was just looking out the window and I was like, why am I waiting? Yeah. Why am I waiting? Yeah. Like, what's the point in waiting? And like, why do I have to do like an, uh, an album album? Right. Which, right. you know, and I did compile all these tracks into an album, but, uh, I thought it would be a much more immediate experience for listeners to have access to the, you know, each performance uh, there's something new for them. And, you know, it's not like I'm spamming them something every hour. You know, I like to do like, you know, like I said, new moon and full moon every two weeks. That seems to be, I seem to have found a nice little rhythm for uh, releasing tracks. But yeah, uh, I want people to, you know, not just have just a simple escape, but something that, you know, if they can use it for meditation as a tool of like sort of a personal cultivation, self-love, whatever you want to use it for, uh, you know, I come in peace. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, it's, uh, it is so good for what he, you're talking about right there, because um, yeah. I was going through kind of some things on your last album. It's funny how I kind of attach personal, <laughs> you know, meaning to it because of yeah, the man. way it influenced me, but I would wake up five in the morning, every morning, put that on and just sit and just be still. And it was, it would just kind of wash over me like a wave. It was, your music sometimes feels like water or like I'm in space. Um, it's, it's, uh, it really touches me. And I think, I think part of the reason for that is that there are no lyrics. 
you know that's the beauty of of your music and other ambient music is that it's not i mean i'm a i'm a songwriter i dabble a little bit but i all i recognize when you start putting lyrics to something it really narrows it down for its meaning you're not letting it sort of breathe on its own but um it gives it a very specific atmosphere yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yes and you mentioned about the the moon cycle and that's when you have these performances and i'll be honest i am um uh ignorant of you know celestial happenings i mean i i'll see a post like oh it's you know it's a harvest moon or it's this yeah so i'm totally ignorant so my question is probably going to be you know uh pedestrian at best but do these celestial events do you believe they have significance in our lives in our day-to-day lives okay so like i'm glad you mentioned that um now uh, when it comes to these um, celestial cycles, you know, of, um, uh, you know, like the moon phases and, um, and, and various phenomena from the universe, um, I think that the universe does have an influence on our energy, not like, say, you know, I know that there's a lot, for example, there are some astrological references Mm-hmm. In my music, right. but, uh, I don't necessarily believe it like astrology, if that makes any sense. No, I believe because, I, I know what you're uh, talking about. I believe in it more like in the sense that there's just the, you know, there's just an energy in us in these particular times, uh, and that's probably more broadly amplified if we choose to tune into it. It's all within ourselves, I think. Um, but yeah, attuning to that energy and then transmitting that energy to other people, I just feel like that, you know, during a full moon, man, I'll go outside and look at it. And I know it's just a big hunk of rock in outer space. That's just reflecting the sun on one level, Yeah. but another level, you know, because I teach things like mythology and I've studied a lot of spirituality and things like that. And, you know, it just takes on an entirely different metaphorical meaning to me, Hmm. uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just sort of all of these, um, it's, uh, these connections, uh, to these energies in the universe. I mean, truly there is energy in the universe. Uh, truly, there's scientific fact. Yeah, uh, that's the way I think about it. But on the other hand, yeah, I mean, there's a mystery to it, and I tap into that mystery, and, and yeah. ideally, I like to channel that through my music, the, the mystery of of that energy. We do live in a mysterious universe. Absolutely, and uh, I'm kind of of the opinion that that humans, especially, live within like a fraction of their potential, and oh, uh, yeah. I, I think this is probably one of the ways, and I, I include myself in that. Um, and I oh, think absolutely. this is one of the ways where I think I could, you know, maybe tap into, you know, more of the, the natural energy out there, live more into my full potential. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's something that your, your music, even without any words, just the titles of the songs and sort of the, yeah. the feeling, uh, I'm like, I should, I should really look into this more. So I don't know yeah. <laughs> if that's a, a common occurrence with your, your, your fans, but, um, you're definitely, I hear that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's meant to uh, it's meant to like I've always I've read an article. There's this uh, there's this duo called Sun, right? Have you heard of them? Like they play like really yes. super loud. Oh, like, I mean these guys like crank it to the max, right? Like they, <laughs> they play it like at, at jet airplane levels, right? right? Of volume, and it's just two guys just playing really heavy detuned guitar. Uh-huh. And Steve. O'Malley, the guitar player, read an article and he said something that really resonated with me. He said, 
he said, I think music should it should slightly shift your consciousness about 20% to this to the left or to the right. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a really cool way of looking at it. And so, yeah, you know, like I like to do that too with my music. I tend to think of it as consciousness, you know, slanting, you know, uh, you know, but it's more like a, an elevation in it and uh, at once an elevation of consciousness, but um, a focus on uh, tuning within to, mm. you know, into your own internal present moment. To me, that's the, that's where it's at. Yeah. The present moment, the present moment within going out. And it's funny how different people can get there. You and I are both very much drawn mm-hmm. to music. You know, that's how we do it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. I heard Bono once say that, you know, when he's writing a song or when they're they're composing, that they would look at yeah. notes as being very expensive, you know, and they would only, they would try to only use, you know, very, like they had a small budget, so they could only use the, the, the fewest notes okay. possible, right? Yeah. And um, I've seen videos of you where you are uh-huh. just like, and they're, they're not for the infinite calling, but you are just, just sitting around with a guitar and he is shredding it, like doing these scales up and down. Like you have the ability to play complex, fast stuff, but yeah. you don't do that with the infinite calling, I feel like. And um, no. you just, you just create these, this wall of sound and you build on it slowly and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I just wonder what your thoughts were on that. Is that, was it a conscious decision again, or, you know, are you just, uh, it just, that's what the, the song calls for kind of thing? Um, I, I remember when I first started, uh, it was probably about 20 years ago. Um, no, 21 years ago now. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so I got this, uh, I got a multi-effects processor, right? And yeah. One night, I remember I started playing with the digital delay on it. Yeah. And I remember uh, when I figured out, like, I could just max out the repeats oh. on the digital delay. So I like, put it on 99, right? Yeah. And I remember uh, the first night that I ever did that. And I'll never forget it. And I think it was on a new moon one night. Oh, really? Burning candles and, yeah. And uh, there may or may not have been herbal essence involved. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I remember that... Uh, just play one note, right? Yeah. It started to repeat and it would repeat and repeat. And I mean, it is sort of, it's almost like a, sh- uh, and I remember thinking that's like almost like a shamanic trance, right? Huh. That note coming back and yeah. back and back. Just almost like something going boom, 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 you know, on a drum. Yeah. And I remember thinking that and uh, I thought, okay. And then I remember I thought, uh, well, let's put a, you know, let's put a minor third on that. Mm. And then I did. It's also, okay. So let's put the fifth on it. And so there we go. I have a, a chord that's repeating, right? Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so it's like uh, minimally just adding notes and letting the old notes fade out and bringing in new notes. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a cascade, a wash, like a, a river of notes. But yeah, you're right. You know, there it's, it's very minimalist sort of, uh, yeah, you don't have to shred. In fact, shredding with that sort of uh, setting, um, really it's it's chaotic it's crazy (laughs) but uh come to think about it i've you know like i've done some stuff that has like a lot of really fast notes and stuff and then yeah it does kind of take on a different character so maybe i should start uh maybe i should do a couple more like that but they're just meditative right they sound more um uh, it's kind of difficult to i guess uh i guess it's more of a 
uh, I wouldn't say meditative, but it's certainly, uh, it's, uh, to me, it's compelling. You know, I don't yeah. know how listeners would get <laughs> to it. But, well, I can only speak uh, for myself, but it's compelling to me because, like you said, it's minimal, but it's not just droning on. Because, you know, there's there's a few um, ambient bands, yeah, that, that do that, you know. Um, you know, stars. Yeah. There was one in Austin that was Stars of the Lid. Stars yeah. of the Lid, yeah. And yeah, I never I got it. to see them live. I wish I would have. Um, but in in all respect to them, but I I prefer your style where to. I don't know. There's more of a composition going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Stars of the Lid, yeah, those guys. Uh, and it's funny, like you read comments, and sometimes people say, "Well, you know, your music puts me to sleep." And then, like, <laughs> seems like I, I remember one of them said something like, "That's one of the best comment or one of the best compliments ever." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that's. That's actually pretty cool, though, you know. I oh, yeah. A, we, we could all use a good night's sleep. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love that group, too. They did, they're pretty influential in the ambient community. But, yeah, I like to have that cascade going. I like yeah. for there to be movement and motion, uh, not just movement and motion with just one note, but there is definitely a harmonic. Um, there is a harmonic logic to it. Uh, I don't think about it because I've. I literally play, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not playing heavy, I literally play guitar like that all the time. Hmm. And so it's just like, a, it's like a practice for me. Yeah. But, you know, I remember, uh, I read an article, you know, Ravi Shankar, the, the sitarist. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. He's uh, Nora Jones's dad, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, I'm a huge fan of his. I have, uh, I have quite a few of his records. Oh, okay. Uh, it's very uh, inspirational for me with this project. No kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you may not hear it. I mean, it's, uh, but it's it's there. Uh, maybe I should buy an electric sitar. Uh, oh, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking about it. But I remember reading an article with him one time. He said his guru didn't play, right? His okay. guru didn't play sitar. But what his guru would do is uh, he's, he brought these sticks of incense, right? Mm -hmm. And so he said that he would light the incense. He said, so you have to burn this many sticks before you can take a break. Oh, wow. Right. And I remember after reading that, like playing in this style, I was like, okay, so I'm going to try this. Huh. And so I went through a phase there for a while where I would just, I would burn a whole stick and I would just keep playing. And then, uh, you know, yeah. So like now when I do my uh, new moon, full, full moon meditations, it's usually about one stick of meditation in length. <laughs> or huh. I mean, one stick in sense, roughly, yeah. give or take. That is, that's a great way to do it where, you know, you're, you're spending that, you know, that time, you know, because if you don't have something to measure, hours. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, I do hear it on this album actually. And I didn't know that Ravi Shankar was, um, you know, an influence for you that, that I would never have, you know, guessed that, but I did, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a novice when it comes to music theory, but I uh, do hear some scale um, variations that are not like your typical Western pentatonic, you know, kind of, uh, you know, scales. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, that's cool. I, I'm guessing that that Ravi just kind of, you know, seeped in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It definitely gives yeah. it an interesting flair for sure. Cause it's sort of, um, you know, it, it certainly gives it uh, more of an Eastern, right. Eastern sort of uh, flavor. Is that more prevalent on this album? Um, I think that uh, with that kind of flavor, now it's there. It's subtle, I think. Uh, and again, none of it was deliberate or intentional. Yeah. But uh, 
um, I'm, I remember my very first record I did, Behold the Infinite. Yeah. I have uh, a sitar pedal. Oh, really? That I used that entire album. Huh. Uh, and so when you listen to it, you'll probably hear the uh, sitar influence. I need to break that pedal out again. It's called a Ravish Sitar Electroharmonics. Oh, sense. wow. That's cool. Yeah. And I used it on that first album uh, exclusively all the way through. Really? Uh, and it does, uh, it's certainly, that album for sure has that vibe. My first EP, I should say, it wasn't a, a full-length album, but every single track has huh. has. And um, so you, it's, uh, go ahead. Oh, um, where was I going to go with that? I didn't want to cut you off, and then I <laughs> couldn't quite remember where I was going. I, I was talking to somebody recently, you know, and, one skill that I sort of un unintentionally developed as a, as a professor is like, sometimes I'll be in class, I'll be teaching and I'll be on a certain point. And then, uh, and they'll say, hang on, what was I going to say? And then I'll say, I'll remember in 10 minutes after it's not relevant. And then, but I promise I'll connect it. And sure enough, man, somehow, some way I'm like, Oh, that thing I was going to say 10 minutes ago, <laughs> and it's going to fit perfectly with what I'm about to tell you now. And man, uh, yeah, that if, if I hadn't become a teacher, I wouldn't develop that skill. I, I yeah. guess if you want to call it, I don't know if it's a skill or if it's just an accident of nature. You've been, oh, anyway. You've been teaching for a while too now, right? Like 15 years. Wow. That's amazing, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, Psychology or? Um, it's uh, English, oh, okay. literature. Um, so I teach, uh, I teach English Comp 1, teach students how to write papers. Um, and then in Comp 2, I teach them uh, rhetoric, argumentation, and research, and citation. Hmm. Uh, so uh, something that's sorely needed now, probably. More than <laughs> oh <ever>. wow! Yeah, <laughs> just crazy shit that people believe these days, man. Oh it's man, it's not. So it's not even just a job anymore. It's actually it's becoming a life mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen. But you didn't know how much of a public servant you were actually going to be. <laughs> Right. I was like, all right, I'll teach them how to write papers and they'll go home. And now it's like, oh my God, we have to teach people like, you know, to figure out what the truth is. Yeah. So one of my, oh, one of my past guests, he said that, uh, he had this idea that every, people should only get a thousand minutes of, uh, social media time a year. Somehow we should be able to cap that and we would all be happy. Right. <laughs> you know, that's uh now there's a thought that would, uh, I think people would probably use their time with it a lot more efficiently and we'd probably make more meaningful connections too. Yeah, I think so. If, yeah. Be less time. I think if I've only got that much time, I'm not going to be spending it arguing, you know, I'm going to see yeah. the people that are really love what they do like yourself, you know, posting all the time. You're really good at sort of the social and you're probably not even doing it intentionally, but the social media marketing aspect of, you know, promoting, you know, the infinite calling. And that's, now that is something I am mindful of. Yeah. And you, 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 it seems like you post, but you don't, you create, but not necessarily consume the social media. Right. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm at with it. <laughs> so you, yeah, you're kind of a, a mentor for me. I, I watch what you do closely. I'm like, okay, I need to be more like this because it's the aspect of uh, the podcast that I'm the least skilled at um, and the least proficient. So I have a tendency to get on it with the intention of promotion, and then I get sucked into the information bubble. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I try to balance the information bubble with the execution of the 
of the stuff that I'm wearing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's funny because this whole thing, ever since I've started it, there's never been like a master plan. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just been something that uh, has sort of organically grown. Hmm. And just, uh, I try to just the same as like maintaining a certain curiosity about learning new music, yeah. listening to new music, learning new techniques and that sort of thing. When it comes to social media and uh, the promotion aspect of it, uh, I feel like uh, investing time and learning something new with it and trying new things. And uh, I think just as importantly, uh, not just being successful, but even failing with certain things. Uh, Sometimes when you fail with things, it's even better. That's true. It makes you even that much better informed for your next move. But that's true things in life isn't it bro? oh yeah there's bob, <laughs> bob dylan said there's no success like failure <laughs> oh indeed uh, and, and he's and he's he's correct but social media aspect um i i still like i, I still feel like i'm refining that mm. and I'm, I'm always still trying to learn new things and uh, uh just keeping that presence and it's not something like uh you know i don't spend uh i know some people spend every waking moment just doing it and uh with but you know oftentimes those folks have things monetized and that sort of thing so um that's something i'm curious about oh absolutely that sort of stuff too so um anybody who's listening this uh you know hopefully uh you know that'll get them thinking about uh what they could do next i'm always asking myself every day like what can i do and what what can i do today that I haven't done before and what can I always do better? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I first started like on my personal development path, my ego kind of took it over and I would be on the active lookout. Like, how can I be a good person today? You know, you're almost uh, overzealous about it. Like, you know, and um, I had to sort of just tamper that and say, you're not, you're really not in the moment, (laughs) you know, when you're, when you're out looking for some sort of crusade or whatever, (laughs) like you have to let it occur. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that natural sort of uh, evolution as opposed to the striving, right. so to speak. Yeah. Right? Because the, the striving is where, yeah, <laughs> to me, and, you know, I, and I think all of us probably have been there, right? You know, we strive and we strive and we strive and we struggle and we struggle and we fail and we fail. And then mm-hmm. suddenly one day it's kind of like, okay, it's almost like floating in the water, right? You know, yeah. You can flail. You can just flail around in the water. You can just kind of float and just... Uh, you know, just kind of let uh, Mother Nature take over. Yeah, it's definitely where I'm doing things. So I like how you're talking about this self development, personal development path. Um, man, me too. I'm totally on that path. I'm with That's you. That's awesome. 100. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've reached out to you before because I I knew you were a professor. I honestly did. I didn't know if it was English or psychology because honestly, when you speak to me and, and I ask you things about meditation and whatnot. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's obvious that you know a lot about the subject. And um, so you, you know, you're one of those go-to people for me. I have my running gurus that I ask questions about that. And then I've got two meditation Love gurus. <laughs> yeah, you, you're a runner too? 5K every day. Nice. Oh, that's, yeah. man, you do that. You'll you'll live to be 100, you know. 5K every day. I've been doing that for about 10 years now. I've... I honestly look at running uh, not as meditation. I don't, I don't really ascribe to like running as my meditation, but I do look at it kind of like a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you and well, 
we both can probably relate to this notion of the runner's rush, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, once you get into that sp space, I can see how it's like, I liken it to meditation. I've mm, read, okay. uh, you know, I, I've read articles. There's a, um, there's a Buddhist magazine I like to read called uh, lion's roar. Oh yeah. And uh, there was somebody who wrote something, wrote an article in there. The author escapes me at the moment, but uh, he did write an article and said, now running doesn't replace meditation, right? Right. But there is a meditative quality to it that can really bring us to the present. Mm. Uh, but anyway, you were saying you got a, you got a running gurus you go to and you got your, okay. So remember we're bringing it back in the loop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There you go. See, you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh but yeah, you're the, uh, you're one of the meditation gurus because I will honestly just kind of fall off. Like, it's funny you mentioned that, like when you're striving and you're, you know, oh, I want to be enlightened. I want to be enlightened. You know, I want to feel these things and you're not there yeah. and you get frustrated and you quit. But really, yeah. someone told me recently that you're already enlightened. You just don't know it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you just have to float, like you say. And I kind of get a little bit confused on my personal development path because there's people like um, Abraham Hicks that, yeah. that say, you don't have to do anything. You can just <laughs> sit back and, as she calls it, um, you know, put... Uh, rockets of desire in your vortex and you just meditate on that. You just think on it and let it go and it's going to happen. All right. And then there's people like Gary V and, you know, um, uh, Oh gosh, the big dude, a uh, really tall guy. Um, gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. I'm about to lose my, uh, my, my personal development card, Tony Robbins. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes, right. So well, he says, "Let the loop can bring you back." Yeah. Right? <laughs> so You'll remember in ten minutes. Yeah, I'll remember in ten oh. minutes. Um. So he says, "You know, you've got to make mass. You've got to take drastic action." So I don't know which. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's both? Do you think it's one or the other? What's your opinion? Yeah, that's probably contextual. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Because uh, especially like for example, like if you're meditating, then yeah it's um uh, it's just sit down and let go right right it's as simple as that yeah you need to pay the rent get out and do your hustle yeah. right <laughs> yeah, do your thing. yeah. So, but make sure that what whatever it is that you're doing mm -hmm. right yeah uh you know whether if you teach or whether if you um you know whether if you uh, help people you work for the uh feeding the poor just whatever your occupation is yeah uh, that it's aligned with your mission and purpose and that, uh, you respond and, um, you respond in a way that's, uh, uh, you respond and act in ways that sort of further, not just your own evolution, but in service of other people and, and helping them along on their path. So I tend to think of, uh, action, the action part like that, right? I see. Okay. Uh, so it's sort of balance. Like yeah. I said, it's contextual. There's just different situations, uh, but yeah, you know, if you, if you want to be a millionaire, you can't just sit back and let go. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you get that Powerball ticket that wins. Right. 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 Uh, but yeah. you know, there's just, uh, it just depends. I do uh, see, but I think yeah. you do see, I do see people that try too hard. Like they chase it too much and it eludes them constantly. <laughs> myself included, like, you know, in the past I was chasing something you know and it, it just the harder i chase the the harder it was to because you're then focused on the wanting you know of it yeah yeah which is a separation uh, 
Right. I know, uh, I know that like, uh, you know, it's almost like, um, cats, right? <laughs> you think about cats for a minute. I love using this analogy, you know, cats come to you. Yeah. You know, like dogs, you know, dogs are like, Hey, come on, come on. You know, and they mm -hmm. come to you, right. And you love on them and they love on you. And, you know, dogs just give you their hundred percent loyalty with cats. You know, you can't just say, you know, here boy, here boy, come here. You know, cause they look at you and they're like, I'm bored. Yeah. You know? They make you, you work for it. There. Yeah, they do. And then, so, you know, you just kind of allow them to come to you. Mm. And so I guess, you know, like I'm, I look at kind of like the question you were asking earlier, you know, there's a dog and cat aspect of, uh, to life. Huh. Sometimes you go to it. Sometimes it comes to you. There you it's, go. It's Some... Sometimes you have and to be the dog. Sometimes you're the dog. Sometimes you're the cat. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, to, to give uh, an analogy to our furry friends. Yeah. Well, I love um, getting back to the album. I uh, I didn't realize that you were recording these things every two weeks. You know, I of course, I wasn't uh -huh. um, connected to you on YouTube. I forget about all the channels that, you know, are out there. And, um, oh, yeah. and oh, so... Yeah. Uh, I like the order that you put it in because that first, the album opener is July uh, 2020. Was it New Moon? Uh huh. And, and that's when I started the, doing this every two weeks. And that is it. Oh, okay. So it was the first one you recorded. It's, it, yeah, it's chronological. Like okay. The, the, oh. The, uh, the titles, yeah, yeah. each track is in chronological order from okay. July up until December. Interesting. Because it yeah. sounds like they were in an intentional order. Um, mm -hmm. and I thought Absolutely. maybe, you know, that you, cause sometimes, you know, artists will rearrange, you know, tracks as they record it like that, that should be the opener, but that's even cooler huh. that you just kind of let it, um, when it came out because it flows like it was, you know, an intentional process and the opener, it reminds me of like meditation bells or something like it's a, it's like calling me, you know, like yes. getting me ready for this journey I'm about to go on. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it feels like I'm in a spaceship about to take off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and you're about to take the journey. Yeah. J. You're about to go Dave 2001 Space Odyssey journey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A while back, uh, you were doing a collaboration like with a country artist. Is that right? She was a singer. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, that was fun. I was like, yeah, I, I listened to a few of those tracks. I'm like, this guy can do it all. Like he's, he can play metal. He can play a country. He can do ambient. Like, um, yeah. is there any, what is, uh, do you have a white whale out there that you're looking to accomplish? Like I, I want to be able to play, you know, um, the sitar or, uh, you know what? It... Okay. So like the, I guess the whale, the white whale is, uh, at the moment, uh, I would, very much like to do uh, an acoustic project with uh, acoustic guitars and acoustic drums and uh, live vocals. And I want it to be um, kind of tribal. Oh, nice. Uh, type, uh, you know, uh, and when I say tribal, uh, I'm just talking about just sort of using these natural drums. Mm. Uh, as, again, kind of going back to that uh, shamanic shamanism type aspect yeah. i'd like to bring that well uh, okay so like there's kind of music i listen to like uh neo-pagan music i'm really into like okay. norse I, I learned about that music from watching the tv show vikings oh okay uh, yeah there's a band called Warjuna. Uh, have you ever watched vikings i have not and everyone keeps uh recommending it to me <laughs> okay so there's a group called Warjuna, and uh -huh. i discovered them from the show 
and I put them on a Spotify playlist. And uh, and then like I just discovered all these amazing artists artists from Scandinavia who do like neo pagan sort of folk uh, sort of oh, proto wow. type uh, tribal type music. And so like that's my that's my whale. That's what I want to do. Okay. It's like uh, I actually just ordered a couple of drums in the last couple of days that I have I should have one coming in any any minute now. Oh, nice. And so uh, and I have a few other drums. Uh, I have. Uh, a couple of drums from Africa. I got another one from Jamaica, and um, I have a, a I have a buffalo drum coming, and so like I'm wanting to do that kind of uh, something very raw, primal, and again, so I'm, something even kind of simple, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking for complexity. I'm just looking for maximum emotional expression. But mm. it would be yet another aspect of my own personal uh, evolution and and discovery as a, as a music artist. Um, so that's, that's my white whale so to speak, at the moment. Uh, so I'm going to continue doing the ambient project. And of course the other white whale, I'm 45 and I still irrationally just want to be in a famous metal band. Well, is that <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all? I don't think <laughs> I still have that dream. I'm yeah. still like a 12 year old kid. I still want to play. I remember band. you and I used to daydream about it, you know? When we were listening to those uh, Poison and Britney Fox or whatever it was, like <laughs> we we would just like I you know we would both just have that idea like man if we could do that you know that would be the best life ever. <laughs> oh yeah, and I have done it. You know, I've already played in a few metal bands and uh, well, you're still out there. You're still playing with Fire yeah. Crown, right? Uh, that project is uh, it's the instruments are finished. Uh, the vocals, uh, we have a vocalist for it, we're, and it's just been sort of in limbo, but we're getting the vocalist now to sort of learn the lyrics. And okay. uh, so that's something that's eventually going to see the light of day. Uh, unfortunately, our bass player's wife uh, got uh, brain cancer and he had to leave the band. Oh, God. And so uh, she's okay now. Oh, good. good. Uh, she's okay. Uh, and she did make it through surgery and everything fine. Um, but he did have to leave the group. So mm. that also, uh, that was something that sort of, uh, it didn't put the brakes on it, but uh, it did, it's been kind of on the back burner. But it's something that will eventually be finished. I just don't know when. I'm, I hope that we can get that done this year. Yeah. Uh, everything is tracked and it's, it's ready to go. We just got to get uh, yeah. the vocals on there. But uh, the guy that's doing vocals, he came over last night. We hung out for a while and uh, so he's going to get the demos pretty soon. And nice. We're get them all together, so. I keep stalking uh, you guys. I, I go to the Facebook. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love the Infinite Calling, but I'd also, uh, I like your rock side too. You know, the, the metal, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's like two sides of the same coin. But, um, and it's funny, I can hear aspects of both. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. it's, uh, it's just crazy in, interesting to watch your evolution you know you put out five albums now is that right uh yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, you know you just have so. it's an impressive volume of work my friend yeah um i did let's see i put my my first ep was in 2012 i uh, did another one in 2014 and i did um uh, 15, 16, 17, you know, 18, 19, 20. So yeah, six, seven projects. Wow. I've done with Infinite Calling plus the metal project that I worked on. And then now I want to do this acoustic project. And so there's 
um, I'm very fortunate that um, that I have it, you know, have a day job, but that I'm in a position where I can, uh, you know, kind of fulfill this passion for music too. Very fortunate. Not everybody gets to do it. Absolutely. Well, good for I you. Understand. You've, uh, I'm sure you've worked hard to get where you are as well. So, <laughs> you know. yeah, and uh, and you know, and like what I don't think of it as like work work. It's just yeah. more like a labor of love, I guess. Mm. Again, it's part of my mission and my purpose in life. Yeah, staying focused on that. You know, education and music are you know two of my greatest passions, and just um, so following those passions, it just seems like. Uh, once I decided to sort of like let go and just allow with music, that's when it really started um, paying dividends as far as uh, what it rewarded me. I'm not talking about financially. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> us is making money with this too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but that's not something that I think is out of the realm of possibility. That's not my chief goal. You know, I've been doing this for yeah. so long. Uh, any significant financial gain. But like, if that comes, you know, if the support comes and all that, I mean, to me, that's just going to be a bonus, but that's not my, that's not my goal. My goal right. is expression. Exactly. I mean, there you go. It's like expression is, is, uh, to me, that's worth more than, that's worth more than, uh, all the gold in the world, mm-hmm. just being able to express myself. Uh, because again, like I was saying, not everybody is fortunate enough to do it. And I realized that I'm in a, I'm in a good, I'm in a special position to be able to do it. I'm thankful for it every day. And that's probably why it flows through you so easily is that, you know, that you're grateful to have it. Um, yes. Gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it almost sounds like, and especially after talking to you about the process, you don't necessarily write the song. It just kind of, you're a receiver in a so. way. So it's beautiful. I encourage everyone to check out The Infinite Calling. Um, where can they find you? What's the best places to, to find your music? Okay. Great question. So, um, the infinite calling, uh, dot bandcamp.com. That's, uh, that's been my favorite. Yeah. Uh, you can also find me on reverbnation.com slash the infinite calling. Uh, of course I'm on Facebook. If you just type in the infinite calling, you find me on Facebook there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at the infinite calling Instagram, uh, at the infinite calling. I love Instagram by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, I, oh yeah. Uh, I, I do. I love Instagram. Uh, but I'm single too, so there are other reasons why I like Instagram. But yeah, <laughs> really, really, yeah. So hey, that's uh, understandable, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but uh, Instagram, I'm on there, Infinite Calling, okay. and uh, let's see. I know that uh, you can find my music on Spotify. You can mm-hmm. find it on Amazon. You can find it on uh, iTunes because uh, Reverb Nation is my distributor, so they okay. distribute to all these. Uh, different platforms. Uh, let's see, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play. So you can find my music on pretty much any sort of uh, music streaming service. But uh, if for folks who are listening to this, if they want to, you know, give me more direct support, you know, definitely go to my Bandcamp page. That's probably the that's where I tend to refer most people to. But yeah, you can uh, you can look me up on any of those other platforms, and you can find my music there. And as always, there's more coming. Excellent. That's what I want. That was my next question. Like, I, I gotta, I have to get more in the practice of listening to your songs as they come out. So, um, you're releasing those on social media or on your YouTube channel? 
Yes, uh, my YouTube channel is something, believe it or not, out of all the things, I watch YouTube all the time, and that's the one that I feel like I've neglected the most. <laughs> and so here lately, I've been like, okay, I really need to just make my YouTube page more. I need to be more active on it. So uh, I have recently posted all of my music on YouTube. Okay. So if anybody wants to go there, if, uh, I mean, they can listen to it for free, I guess. But I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would rather them hear it and, and be connected with it. And uh, so... Uh, but it's there, and so like during the Christmas break, I, I made sure I put up videos for all the tracks that I've uh, released. There's still a couple of tracks that are floating out there that I haven't released. Oh, okay. And uh, there is a bonus unreleased album that's on my YouTube page that oh, I don't wow. ever tell anybody about. It's the, it's the secret. <laughs> it's you got to hear first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's called Inner Fires Rising. Okay. I released it back in 2013, but I never released it as an official album. Yeah. Um, I got it. Uh, I just sort of woke up one day and just put it out there. Yeah. That was back in like, uh, 20, yeah, like so 2013. But uh, that's that's one that uh, you know, folks, if they want to, if they're looking to for deep cuts, you can find there you it go. there. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out because I just stumbled on your, your YouTube channel like a few days ago. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm definitely going to be checking out the secret album. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, yeah, and just everybody subscribe and. And, uh, and that's, uh, I would like to like, again, just, I would like to sort of focus on that this year and yeah. building. It. So we'll see how that goes. Well, thank you for, for being here and thank you for the music. I appreciate it. Hey, Brad, thank you for, uh, man, thank you for, uh, this opportunity to connect with you and this opportunity to discuss something that really means something. It means a lot to me. Uh, when people ask me about my music, it's, uh, I really enjoy talking about that. It's, uh, and I don't do it very often. It's not mm. something that I just go out and like on a day-to-day -day basis, just engage with people. Right. Usually people connect with me through social media. They'll send me a message where they like stuff. Uh, but to actually be able to talk about the process and everything, that's, uh, I appreciate that opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this is going to be good. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you for listening. I don't know if I say that enough. Maybe I say it too much, but uh, rather too much than not enough. <laughs> this was a fun conversation. Uh, you could find Daniel and his music at theinfinitecalling.bandcamp.com. Uh, check that out. He's got a lot of material there, some good albums, lots to get into. And make sure you check the show notes. I'm going to have a ton of links uh, where you can get them on the YouTube channel, all the platforms he's streaming. The Infinite Calling is everywhere. It's kind of like the coffee buzz. It's out into the ether. You can find all of my backlog episodes at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Thanks once again. I really appreciate you, and I will talk to you next time.